Hey friends, my name is Yaro and you're listening to the Daydream Walls podcast. I'm really excited to have you and I just wanted to say hi really quickly and give you a couple of updates about what's happening in my world before I go on to today's show. So I'm running a free tarot workshop on the 20th of May. I would love to see many of you for that. And I've also updated the free um, Everyday Magic course that I'm offering. And you can sign up for that at daydreamingwolves.com, just on the homepage. Um, sign up for the newsletter and you'll receive access to that. And I would also love your feedback, of course, if um, you're working with my material and you have any questions or ideas for things that I can cover, please let me know. So today's interview is with Chanel Bejeron, who's such a beautiful person. I uh, was already in love with her work when I recorded this interview, but yesterday I also had a tarot reading with her, which was just really, yeah, really beautiful and affirming. I walked away from it feeling really reassured um, and feeling that I was being supported um, with some really complex stuff and that actually I have way more tools than I had remembered when I first asked for this reading which is yeah kind of like an ideal outcome of a reading I felt really empowered and inspired and really seen I think that's also really important so yeah I would really recommend you check uh, Chanel's work out she's amazing um, I will leave all her links in the show notes and I'm just so excited to share this with you let me know what you think and have a really beautiful day bye Hey everyone, I am so excited to have another really beautiful conversation today. I'm speaking with Chanel Bergeron and that's really exciting because I'm really into talking about essences some more and I just really love the way she talks about magic and I have some really beautiful questions that I want to ask. So first, as always, I want to say how we met in air quotes <laughs> because we're really just seeing each other's faces live for the first time. But anyway, the internet is magic like that. So I still feel like there's a really beautiful connection. Um, so I followed... Um, I followed her on Instagram, I think only a couple of months ago, and have since kind of, yeah, just really enjoyed her energy and just, I feel like there's a lot of authenticity coming through, and I know that's a word that's kind of being thrown around a lot at the moment, but I really felt it. I wasn't just seeing the word being used, I was really feeling it, and that was beautiful. And then I explored her website some more and um, really loved how... Yeah, just how she worked with plants and with magic and with intuition. And something that really stood out for me that I would love to talk about more is also that she's offering um, paper, like actual letters, <laughs> courses where you receive a, a real letter in the snail mail each month. And there seems to be a lot of magic into intuition that goes into these lessons. So that's really exciting to me. And then I also received a really beautiful essence that I'm actually holding right now um, that was custom made for me. And it really was just so touching. I received it last Friday, which is my favorite day of the week. And I sat with it in the garden and meditated a bit with a few drops under my tongue. And it was just really, really beautiful. So I am so excited to speak to the creator of this magic now and I'm going to start talking and hand it over and say thank you so much for being here and thank you for your time I'm so excited to speak and I would love you to say hi and introduce yourself well hello um, 
Thank you for all of those lovely words. I feel like I must be flushed or blushing a little bit. They were, it was really lovely to hear your experience with that essence blend. So I really appreciate you sharing. Um, and yes, my name is Chanel and I, let's see, we were kind of just before we started recording talking about titles and I always myself have had kind of this weird relationship to titles when, when I was younger, I would like staunchly refuse to call myself anything. Um, even when I was very clearly a poet or a swimmer, I was like, I'm just me, um, that I, and I do these things. So, and everything in my life feels really interconnected. Um, so it's kind of funny to think of titling oneself, but for the sake of this, I will say that I am an intuitive herbalist. I am a flower essence practitioner and creator. Um, I'm an experimental sound artist and a poet. Thank you. That's yeah. beautiful. <laughs> yeah. Ah, yes. <laughs> um, I would also love to know. So one of the first questions that I always ask, because I think it's such a beautiful way to ground a conversation with people that are not with us in time and space is where you are in the world and what nature like is like around you. Yeah, so I am currently sitting in Raleigh, North Carolina. Um, it's actually, it's a really lovely day today because it's been really hot, which I kind of start to shrink in the heat a little bit. Um, but yesterday and last night, this cold front moved through and it dropped into the 30s in the night. And so this morning I woke up and the sun is so bright. And it just kind of, when I looked out the window, I was like, oh, here we go again. It's going to be 76 degrees or something outside. And I walked out and it was like 50. So it's one of those deceivingly bright days. Um, and the air is really chill and there's a bit of wind and everything is still thriving that has been blooming. Mm -hmm. um, so it's it's just an interesting kind of, combination of natural world experiences right now because of the the temperature mixed with the bright sun and all of the flowers and mm -hmm. the bird sound that's beautiful are you near Asheville I'm always really jealous because I feel like so many people I feel like the coolest babes all live in Asheville <laughs> it seems to be like this really cool hub for all the herbalists is that true and, and have you been yeah so I'm about okay so I just moved to North Carolina about two years ago actually I guess it has been two years as of April so I'm still getting to know the area and stuff um but I believe Asheville is about three and a half to four hours away. I, I could be making that up. I've only, I've been there twice in my life. And the first time was many years before I moved to the state. Um, and the second time, um, I guess it was lot, not this past summer, but the summer before. And I drove from Raleigh with my partner, but I can't remember how long it actually took. So yes, I, I, Raleigh's in a different section of North Carolina, but um, it is true that there are a lot of herbal babes living in and around the Asheville area because 
that area, especially the like foothills of the Appalachians, it's, I think it is the most diverse or it contains the most diverse amount of plant life in the whole country, the whole United States. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's in part because of how old it is there, Mm -hmm. but it's just extremely lush and there are so many forests and waterways and just the natural areas really kept intact there. Whereas here, Raleigh is the capital of North Carolina. It's way more of like an urban landscape, um, a small city. Um, But yeah, I think that the lushness and the vastness of the species of plants that live in the Appalachian region is what draws a lot of that herbal, magical community towards it. And there's just rose quartz like all over. It's embedded in the... Or that's what I've read, that um, one of the most predominant natural stones, especially in that region, is rose quartz. Mm-hmm. So that would also, at least in my kind of interpretation, explain why people are like, oh, I'm coming over there. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> That's cool. I'm always so amazed about the distances in the States because if you drive three and a half hours in Europe, you're probably in a different country. I know. (laughs) It's so true. And it's funny because I grew up in the Northeast. So um, for the most part, um, and when you drive three and a half hours, you'd probably be like two States away, but Mm -hmm. in the Southeast and in other parts, like, the West Coast and the whole kind of like Southwest area, you could be driving for 10 hours and not be in another state. <laughs> so it's just this, the United States geographically are really strange. Like just, I feel there are so many time warps or something mm-hmm. <laughs> that people go through to travel in, in the U S but yeah. yeah. Cool. Um, I would also love to know what you're most excited about at the moment. That could be anything, anything from like things you've seen um, on the internet or things you've seen on a tree or things (laughs) in your heart. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, it's, I just have gotten so much energy since things started to kind of sprout up here. And I think that's the thing that's kind of got my attention and my gaze and focus most. It's just, I love the winter. That's probably my favorite time of the year. But as soon as the energy and the actual season switch to spring, it's just been like, so I feel, I've been feeling so vibrant and so kind of um, just energized in this way where I'm like, there's constantly something that I'm being surprised by and invigorated by. And I'm like, I could stay up until midnight just making tinctures or like reading a book or whatever I'm doing. So I think that the world around me, I guess, has been such a huge focal point Mm -hmm. for me recently because there's so much. and, And this is the first time that I've lived in this area that I finally feel I'm connecting to the landscape. And so that's been really beautiful for me because when I first moved here, I felt so resistant Mm. Um, and I didn't feel like I was invited to be um, in nature, which Mm. sounds kind of weird, but 
I don't really know how to describe it other than I just, I, I didn't feel I was being invited to even like pick a daisy or something. Um, and now that I've been here and I've been working more with just like settling into this space and loving North Carolina, despite its faults, um, socially speaking and politically speaking. Um, yeah, I, I just feel like that switch in my openness has really allowed for me to actually connect to what is going on around me. And so I've been like drooling over red, red bud trees and like obsessed with the periwinkle flower. And I just wrote this really long essay on periwinkle flower essence and did all of this research on it. It's so wild that that plant is not talked about anymore. Whereas like, you know, even a hundred years ago, less than that, it was still being used medicinally. Mm -hmm. Um, But I don't think I've ever heard any herbalist that I've learned from talk about periwinkle as a medicine. Um, So yeah, there's just a lot going on out in the world. And I guess that's what is exciting to me. (laughs) Yeah, I find that exciting too. And I had never heard of that plan, to be honest. So Mm. I love rediscovering secret things. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> um, can you tell us a little bit more? So you already touched on working with flower essences, which is really magical. And I would love to hear a little bit more about what magic means to you at the moment, like both as a concept and maybe on a day-to-day, mm-hmm. what is your favorite practice kind of way? <laughs> yeah, so I guess that... I don't know. Magic to me is something that is really natural. And I do believe that like there are times to make huge rituals out of life and celebrate life and, and markers, especially like seasonal markers and stuff. But for me, magic is something that is really just ingrained in the way that I walk through my days Mm -hmm. and in part it's because it was always around me when I was younger and I always sought magic out when I was younger and so because of that like it's infiltrated my system (laughs) and I really believe in just kind of this idea of almost like a practical magic where it's like you are bringing love and adornment and attention and intention into your world and into your rhythm and into your days. And, you know, just because it's like a random Tuesday in the universe doesn't mean that it's any less magical than Beltane or whatever. Um, And sometimes magic on that same token, sometimes magic is really dull and that's fine. Um, But there's this one book that, I received when I was probably seven from my mother. It's called Wise Child. And um, it's by far one of my favorite books of all time. And I love it because it really talks about magic in this way that is very accessible and very much in that vein of like just living and being alive is kind of magical. And so the chores that you do, these mundane tasks that seem so boring or that you're wasting your time are actually magical acts and 
um, playing the harp and like paying attention to the world around you and not just, you can't get magic from looking at a computer screen. I mean, you might be able to find routes and inspiration and people to, to guide you on a computer screen, but like where you are going to find your magic is I'm pointing to myself. It's like, it's within your concept of how to live your life and how to integrate like flower essences or stone magic or astrology or whatever calls to you into your daily life. Um, Because without that work that you put into it and, I mean work in this way of like kind of those chores or those daily tasks or rituals, you know, it kind of falls flat or it's this like lofty experience that is really hard for most people, I think, to wrap their heads around. Like, um, and I, again, I also think it's something that's really practical and really easy to access. Magic has always been that way. Um, and and so I, I really like talking about it in this way of like anyone can have it and anyone can practice it um, by bringing it down to earth <laughs> and like by bringing it down to like how you spend your mornings. Because for me, just to kind of go into that second part of your question, like the morning time, I'm not a morning person. I've never been a morning person. But um, when I wake up in the morning, if I don't set my tone for the day, which is a magical act for me, then my whole day is going to be messed up. Mm. So it very, it differs for me, but generally speaking, I start my day with a flower essence and some water and also some coffee. I'm a very liquid oriented person. So I'm like, got all these liquids on the inside and I love taking a shower, washing my face in the morning. But it's like I have to be able to set the morning, almost like the morning is an altar space for the rest of the day. Um, and I like dress how I feel and I put on my special jewelry that I love. And I will sometimes I'll write in the morning if I have a really potent dream or a dream that I kind of just like feel I need to write down. And I love having breakfast. I love toast and Marmite and (laughs) butter (laughs) and dark, dark black coffee. So those are ways in which I every day will just in some order orient my morning to walk out into the rest of the world. Because it's this like sacred time to me Mm -hmm. uh, where you're just waking and you're in your space and it's still warm and you can still be private and mm-hmm. and tend to your ceremony, right? And then you walk outside and all of a sudden the world is there and you have to face it and has to face you. <laughs> so Yeah. Oh gosh, we could be morning twins. I feel like exactly <laughs> I've never been a morning person. I'm really slow in the morning and I mm-hmm. I start working between 10 11 even though I work from home so I don't even commute <laughs> so, and, I, and I was so different when I had an office job that required me to be there at nine it was such a struggle it meant getting up at seven and then leaving the house at like eight fifteen or something and an hour and 15 minutes is just not a way to start the day for me <laughs> I need about three times that much and, yeah just 
I feel exactly the same. I also have flower essences and lots of liquid in the morning. I don't drink coffee. So my mom told me that I would stop growing when I was little and I yeah. started. <laughs> so, and I'm tiny, like I'm, I'm so tiny. So I never was like, oh no, I definitely need to grow a little bit more. Um, so I never started drinking coffee. But yeah, I can really relate to that. Just slowness and intention and sitting with plants and the privacy and the quiet and the still having the connection to the dream world is so beautiful and like really slowly moving that through that liminal space yeah what do you um would recommend to someone I really loved how you talked about magic being really accessible and just part of our lives and we can celebrate that in really massive and big ways but also in really small and everyday things um if someone is asking you they're feeling a bit out of touch with enchantment and magic what would you recommend to them as a first step Mm, that's a really good question and I don't know the thing that like immediately popped into my head was to start every day opening your curtain and opening a window Mm -hmm. and it's sometimes I think when at least from my experience and from the experiences I've had working with people, that disconnect of feeling, you know, the disenchantment um, really comes from feeling that disconnect of like yourself with the world at large or with even just something as simple as your front yard. Mm -hmm. Uh, Because it's hard when you feel isolated within yourself to find enchantment in other people or other places or what you're doing. And so there's this beautiful act of kind of like unveiling when we move a curtain to the side. And then when you open the window, there's just so much that comes through, you know, maybe the wind will come through. Maybe there's a lot of like Robin song happening and maybe, you know, your poke berry just went into bloom and there's sunlight and there's so much that you can access and gain from simply looking outside of yourself. And sometimes it's easy to do that in just one contained place. Um, And it's from there that you're like, wow, the pokeberry is so fucking beautiful. Like I've never seen purple that color and the wind smells like Jasmine and I just want to go outside and like, or I want to go write this poem or something, you know, and that is an act of re-enchantment. I think when we, when we are reminded of beauty and we are reminded of life and we are reminded of joy and just simply being what we are, you know, like the wind is the wind. Mm -hmm. And the jasmine is the jasmine and those things are just very much of themselves and they can like intermingle together, obviously. But um, I think it's really empowering to remember who you are and that act of, of remembering that like other creatures are who they are can help to reinforce like, Oh, I'm me and I'm a poet. And I just wrote this really amazing poem about, jasmine (laughs) and the wind and whatever so that's the first thing that comes to my mind (laughs) yeah that's beautiful I'm really excited to share that with people thank you (laughs) I know from other um from another interview that I listened 
to with you that you're also really into music and sound mm -hmm. and that you're weaving that in your, into your work in a really quite magical way. Ways, can you tell us a little bit more about that? Yeah, so um, I love music so much. And when I was younger, I mean, I I'd always been around music and I took voice lessons for I don't even know, like five or six years when I was younger. Um, but it was, I think music for me was one of my first forms of therapy because I never, I don't know, I never really um, was into talking to people <laughs> until <laughs> later. And actually my sister yesterday, we were on the phone and she was telling me she had watched this home video of me and she was like, you were just so quiet. like. I could barely hear your voice and um and I and I was then reminded that like yeah I was extremely shy and really interior and I didn't like speaking <laughs> um and so for me like it was so powerful to be flooded with music And it was something that, again, from a very young age, we always, always, my sister, my brother, and I always fell asleep listening to music. Mm -hmm. We had these amazing CDs. They were the classical kids CDs. Have you ever heard of those? No. Oh my gosh, they're so good. <laughs> I actually listened to one relatively recently, and I was like, ah, oh, <laughs> all days. <laughs> But um, anyway, they're just these these like stories about um, famous composers like Vivaldi or Mozart and they're in the stories involve children and they're like interwoven into um, kind of like a composition of their most famous musical works. So we had always kind of like listened to music to fall asleep and for a while Even when I was older, I didn't think I could fall asleep without listening to music. And there were times when I was a teenager where I was really, I would say I was depressed. I don't really know exactly. I was very withdrawn and um, just really interior is the only way I can describe it properly. But I would just like turn the deaf tones up really loud and like lay on my bed in my room. So <laughs> it was always a music was always extremely therapeutic for me and I could hear what I was feeling in music. And so then when like emo music became popular, I was like, Oh thank God, like I'm understood. <laughs> and, um, and it just was always like one of the easiest ways for me to express myself. So I would make mixtapes for people and mix CDs for people. And if I had like a crush on someone, I'd be like, you should listen to this song. And <laughs> the music was always just there in this way that other mediums weren't for me. And um, I guess it was in 2010, I started to really, it was like 2009, 2010, I started to really take my own idea of music more seriously and at this point I was starting to get introduced to these like really epically gorgeous totally weird um musicians from Finland mm -hmm. and they changed my whole life um because I had heard like noise music before and experimental music before but it wasn't until I heard these three women mostly that I was just like 
Oh, I get it. Like I get how I can also express what I'm doing. So, or what I want to be doing with music. And I just started gathering different gear to me and yeah, I've been kind of performing ever since. Um, and let's see what else. Yeah. All of my music is improvised. Um, it's all kind of like sound collage. So some sounds are ones that I've recorded and found. Some are from cassette tapes that other people have recorded. I make up a lot of the sounds that I'm using with my voice or with like the textures of fabric. Um, and it's a very energetic process for me. So when I'm playing at a show, it, it's always going to sound really different because it's improvised one, but also because um, I really feel like the space and the energy of the people that are in the audience completely and totally affects what's happening. Mm-hmm. And I've been doing it for long enough that I'm like, yeah, every space is so different. And so in a way, when I'm making music, it's similar to how I make flower essences mm-hmm. and I will use them in my set Um, I don't usually give them to people, but I'll like drop a few drops on my table that all of my gear is on, which I kind of set up like an altar space. Um, And yeah, it's just, like I said, it's always a little bit different every time. But for me, it's like, that's kind of how I operate in the world. It's easier for me to be approaching what I do in an improv sort of manner. Um, so yeah. Yeah. Oh, and I just started bringing my Celtic harp into the mix and um, I went on a little three day long tour recently and it was like the second, third and fourth time I'd ever played the harp um, in front of anybody. Mm-hmm. And I put it in into different um pedals, electronic pedals that kind of make the sound really different. And it was so fun. Um, so yeah. Mm, that sounds amazing. I really got heart flutters listening to you because <laughs> I kind of like music, but I um, never had a really deep connection to it. And I definitely never thought that I could make music myself. I had guitar lessons as a young teenager because my dad is quite into music. And, you know, as a teenager, obviously I was not into anything that my parents were in. (laughs) (laughs) And also I really struggled with sensory overload. So as a teenager, when everyone else was like into punk or into any kind of really loud stuff, I just got so overwhelmed and was like really missing that connection to a subculture because I could just couldn't, really enjoy that super loud music or like going to gigs where people would jump around was like my worst nightmare (laughs) (laughs) so but like playing with textures and sounds that you found sounds really exciting and I think I think I want to do that too (laughs) I would love to like I feel like there are so many cool people in Europe that are making really interesting music and I'd love to you know just kind of send you in their direction and if you ever have any questions about what do I use you can always ask me but that makes a lot of sense because I mean I think that sometimes like punk and really loud and like thrashy things can be super cathartic but Mm -hmm. 
as I've gotten older and more sensitive in general um, to my surroundings and to sound and to vibration, I've been like so resistant to hearing someone scream at me. (laughs) Um, And it's just really cool because sound is vibration and essences are vibrational medicines. And so I feel like people that are drawn towards essences probably also are drawn towards sound. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's something that that concept is something that I've been thinking about a lot. And I just don't, I don't know how to really put it into more of a like definitive kind of um, theory yet. But yeah, it's something that I've just been kind of like turning over in my mind because they are working on the same level. Mm-hmm. One is working through air and the other is working through water. And mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense to me. Oh, can you tell us a little bit more about how you got into flower essences and what they mean to you? Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, <laughs> so I love flower essences so much. They are like, honestly the best thing that's ever one of the best things that's ever happened to me because when I first really started using them it was like it was like someone had like rung a bell in my heart or something um it just they resonated so immediately and so quickly and I was it was like a eureka kind of experience where where I walked out of this room I'll, I'll tell that story actually, but I walked, so I was, um, let's see, it was like 2011, maybe 2010. I can't, I'm really bad with dates. Um, but I had just finished herb school and I went to the Northeast school of botanical medicine with seven song. And he's kind of like infamous for, being like flower essences are bullshit, homeopathic remedies are bullshit. <laughs> yeah, he's like, he's very scientific and very like clinical and which is amazing. And it's one of the reasons why I chose him because I needed someone who was going to sit me down and be like, this is the lymphatic system. This is what it's all about. These plants are good for the lymphatic system. Don't bring anything else into it. Like that's all you need to know. Cleavers chickweed, <laughs> poke, and like it didn't necessarily have none of his, none of his teachings in a way had like a spiritual or an emotional overtone. Although I think like it was tinged with that. Um, but anyhow, I, I left his program and I moved to Providence, Rhode Island, and I was working at Pharmacy, which is a little herb shop there. It's still there. Um, and I was I started doing consultations with two of my really dear friends. And so anyway, we were doing this consultation with someone, and after we finished, I went to my one friend, Emma, Emma Scully. She's also an incredible herbalist and just beautiful person. Um And I went to her apartment and I was just like (laughs) hyper in this way where I was like, like I just wouldn't (laughs) leave her alone. And I was like, just talking about the consultation and just like, what do you want to do? La 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 la. And she 
kind of just looked at me in this way where (laughs) she was annoyed, but also like endeared by me. And she gave me her pendulum and three boxes of the woodland flower essence collections and sent me into her room and like shut the door. (laughs) And she was like, find a flower essence for this person, for the client that we had just had. And I was like, what? (laughs) And I had never used a pendulum in that way. I had never used flower essences in that way. And um, I don't know. It was like immediate. I picked up the pendulum and it was so gorgeous. I I will always remember that pendulum. Um, And I just asked it to show me a yes and a no. And I felt it immediately. Like when it, when it said yes, I felt that. And when it said no, I felt that. And I was like, oh my God, this is so magical. This is out of this world, but it's not, (laughs) it's right in this world. Um, And then I asked to help, to have the pendulum help me find an essence or a few essences for this person. And so I came out with these essences and I was just like, and I remember walking out of the room and I was like, Emma, and she was like, what's wrong? And I was just like, I'm in love. I can't believe this. And it was from that point on that I just was like insatiably madly head over heels for them. Yes. That's such a beautiful story. Oh God. Yeah. Mm. I am feeling pretty in love with them too, but I still have trust issues sometimes when it comes to making my own, mm-hmm. like just feeling still a bit shy, but I love, I love everyone else's flowers. <laughs> <laughs> so that's great. Um, yeah. Something that you do that I also really loved, which I also already mentioned in the beginning is that you offer correspondence courses which is so beautiful and yeah I would love to know how that came to be and like what was the spark and how are people working with that yeah so um I just I guess letter writing to me has always been the easiest way of communicating things and Mm -hmm. it might be because I felt like not a very vocal person when I was younger Um, and in a lot of ways, I still feel that way. Like, I don't like talking on the phone. I'm really bad at texting. Mm -hmm. I'm just, it's hard to be in touch with me unless you're right in front of me, Mm -hmm. um, or via letter. And so that's been kind of this theme throughout my whole life. And I would write these like beautiful love letters to all of my friends all the time. Um, for years I was doing that and, this past year or so, since I started getting more busy with the apothecary stuff, um, it started to take this back seat, and I really missed it because writing a letter is so it's just I don't know how to how would I say this? It's just like it allows you to actually think about what you're saying before you put it down. And before you let it out of yourself, which I really appreciate. Um, and I feel like it's this extremely intimate form of communicating something to somebody. And that's really important to me as well, because I have like a quadruple Scorpio in the first house and um, my moon's in Capricorn. And so there's this like depth of intimacy, which I seek and which I try to 
constantly be giving to people and seeking from other people. Mm -hmm. And so letter writing was a really good way for me to do that if I wasn't going to be face to face with someone. And when that started to dwindle because of just getting busier and lots of stuff going on in my life in an external way, um, I was just kind of like, I really miss writing letters and at the same time, I was like, I want to start really taking teaching more seriously. Mm-hmm. Um, just because I love teaching and I've done it kind of all over the place, but mostly in smaller, like workshop style settings. And so I was like, why, why don't I just combine the two together mm-hmm. and see where that takes me? And it's been really fun and really, um, really challenging at the same time, because, um, it's just, it requires a lot of focus and attention. Mm -hmm. And I've kind of had to like switch my method a little bit recently, which I'm actually really happy with. Um, before I was writing people individual letters Mm -hmm. with like their own, um, intuited plant or one time I sent someone honey um, one time I sent someone like an oil, just oil. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would write these kind of like materia medicas for them and give a little sample of whatever the flower or the substance was, um, and then send it off. And recently I was like, this is just not sustainable. And so I decided that I was just going to do a single plant or a single substance or a single environment or stone. Um, and that's for the, the mailing moons course. And every month I use my pendulum to find what that month's moon will be about. Um, and, and yeah, I just started doing, a and a flower essence one as well as a, I guess I started it in March. Um, and, it's kind of similar. I'll use my pendulum to pick out an essence for that month. And, and I write a little description of it and different ways to incorporate it in your day and do like work with it um, and really get to know it more. So, so yeah, it just seemed like a natural way to bridge two things that I really loved. And I'm just honestly, like when I get a letter in the mail, it's the most exciting thing. I, I love that feeling of opening the mailbox and seeing something in there. And when it's a surprise, it's even more incredible. And when it's expected, it's always so fulfilling and lovely. And so I wanted to gift that to people as well, because it's just such a good feel. (laughs) Yeah, it really is. I love receiving posts from you so much. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, yeah, well, the surprise is really beautiful. And then you know that this other person has touched, like physically touched a thing that's now in your own hands, which is so beautiful. Yeah. Mm. Are you working with the tower as well? And if so, how is that kind of coming in and how's that feeling? Yeah, so I, um, I do work with tarot cards. I received cards from my mother when I was really young. I was like, seven, six or seven. And I've been using them ever since. I mean, when I was that little, I wasn't like going out and (laughs) reading cards for people. Um, 
I think I started really doing that when I was closer to like 18, 19. I was like, I can look at your cards for you. And then I took it more seriously once I got even a little bit older than that. Um, And so it is one of the services that I offer. Um, I do offer 30 minute and 60 minute long tarot sessions for people. Um, And they're really, really fun. And always I'm learning something new about tarot cards. Anytime I read for somebody. Um, And a lot of my tarot experience if not the majority of it has been self-taught. Mm-hmm. I make up my own spread um, and I look at that spread differently every time I read. It really depends what's going on in the rest of like the narrative of the story. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually realized recently that I feel like I'm doing a lot of channeling work when I read cards and then it's almost like that is this kind of like macroscopic view of reading tarot. Mm-hmm. And then I can get down into more specific, like detail oriented things as well. So it's like this switch in perspective that I'm gaining more confidence and trust in. Um, and then I have two tarot readers that have like inadvertently taught me so much about tarot just from having a few readings with them over the course of many years. Mm -hmm. Um, But I love cards. I love, um, I use the wild unknown right now and I've been using that for a few years and it really surprised me how much I loved that one because I was very like traditional tarot cards are the way and (laughs) um but that one just speaks volumes and it allows for a lot of movement mm-hmm. within looking at the cards. Um, and I did offer this little tarot course in the winter. It was like an eight week long online course and it was really beautiful and fun. And um, I think I'll probably do it again, not in the summer, but in the winter time, it feels like those are the autumn winter feel really nice for trying to delve into tarot a little bit. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Do you have a favorite card at the moment that you feel really connected to? Hmm. <laughs> wow. I don't know. I, I feel like that is so changeable, but I guess if I were to say in like an overarching way, some, a a card that has been a theme for me in all of my readings, pretty much almost every reading I've ever gotten has contained the high priestess. And, um, so I really resonate with that card and I just love the imagery on that card. Every time I see, no matter what deck it is, I love the imagery on it. And then I guess any of the like, um, minor arcana fire cards so the wands or the rods how whatever your deck is um yeah I had a a friend pull a few cards for me on new year's and of this past new year's and I think we put like five or six cards and they literally were all minor arcana fire cards and I was like I guess I gotta start embodying that kind of like mundane fire energy I'm I'm down because I often feel like a really watery person and so um it was cool that that many 
little reminders <laughs> started popping up all at the same time. So I've been kind of like keeping those in the back of my mind for the past few months as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that sounds beautiful. Do you have my favorite one? Oh yeah, I do. Um, I um in my birth chart is a bit <laughs> actually a lot earth deficient. It's <laughs> really watery. Um, last year I just came across this um tool um online where you can't just see you know which uh star signs the different planets are in, but also how dominant they are. Mm-hmm. And you can calculate how dominant the different elements are in your overall chart and I'm forty percent forty seven percent water, which <laughs> makes total sense to me. But I only have like seven or eight percent earth. Mm-hmm. So it's always been an element that I'm really drawn to and have been just thinking and dreaming about so much and what I like to do at the beginning of the year is to choose a card for the year rather than to draw one, because I think to like drawing just one can like count. There can be some anxiety around that because what if it's like a really bad <laughs> card? I personally don't think there are really bad cards in the tarot, but still I would, you know, have some feelings around getting the nine of swords for the year hat or something. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, so I really like to choose a card and then each month I kind of come back to it and draw two cards around my relationship to that card and how it's developed over the year. And this year I've chosen the King of Coins um, Mm. because I really want to think about my relationship to money and holding space and stability and growth in quite slow and sustainable ways. And I also want to look at my ideas about how that relates to patriarchy and uh, political systems Mm. and kind of the resentments around um king of coins figures that i have in my life and and how i can embody that kind of energy in a positive way is really something that i would love to learn so mm-hmm. yeah that's my cat for the year <laughs> i love that idea that's so brilliant <laughs> that's just like yeah i feel like with tarot a lot of times people get really nervous and they're like, I'm just in general, my clients and stuff, they're like, what if this happens? And I'm like, let's just pull the clients and see what comes up. And I do remind people that like tarot is not, it's not just a literal thing, you know? And oftentimes when I look at things, they're not very literal. Like it's not literally what's depicted on the card, I guess. Um, So it's just really nice to kind of have, agency in that process where you're like I know that these can be kind of like fate or divinatory based cards but they can also be talismans Mm -hmm. and so I really love that you took that approach because I think that oftentimes that side of tarot is not really explored as much as being like okay so this is this spread and I just pulled it for you and da 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 and I used to always pull a talisman card for people at the end of my readings with them. And it kind of just like ebbed out a little bit, but now after speaking with you, I feel like I'm keeping that 
<laughs> call it back in. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I would love to talk about that some more. Um, that's beautiful. And I, actually, I would love to talk about a lot of things a lot more, but I want to respect <laughs> your time and also people's attention span. But the, the really happy news is that my podcast is now a weekly show. So mm. there's been so many beautiful people like you that I really want to have um, on the show again if you want to. Yes, so that would be an option because, yeah, whenever an interview ends, I'm always there's so much more to talk about, and <laughs> in some ways, it's really beautiful to kind of introduce the whole spectrum of what someone offers. But I also would love to dive a lot deeper, especially into uh, flower essences with you, if you like. One day. Yeah. Yes, please. Let's, <laughs> let's figure it out. I love speaking with you, and this has just been so lovely. So. I'm down. <laughs> oh, wow, that was just a rainbow behind you, by the way. That was Ooh. amazing. <laughs> so before you go, I would love to hear what you're offering and where people can find you if they're interested and they want to learn more. Sure. So, yeah, we've kind of talked about a few of those things. I, mm -hmm. I offer flower essences, um, single flower essences or blends. Um, as well as some tincture blends and some tisans and teas. And I'm a, I'm a really huge liquid person, so I'm really into tinctures. And I just started getting really into oxymels because one of my students doesn't use alcohol. Mm -hmm. um, so that's been a new kind of venture for me. Um, I also do consultations for people, which is one of my favorite ways. I, I love making products, but... Mm -hmm. I, I don't feel like I'm a product maker as much as I am a practitioner. So doing consultations is really a huge part of my practice. Um, and I offer a few different styles, including just straight up tarot sessions. Um, and let's see, I also have those online courses that you were, or rather they're not online, but they're the distance courses, the snail mail courses that you were mentioning and we talked about a bit. Um, yeah, my website has a lot of info on it about different things that I, I like to do and that I offer. So the way to find that would be to go to www.moonbymoonapothecary.com. And I'm also on Instagram. It's, um, moonbymoonapothecary is the handle. And I just deleted Facebook because it drives me crazy. So I'm not on there anymore. Um, yeah, and you can always email me at moonbymoonapothecary at gmail.com. And yeah, you can visit if you're in North Carolina. Just give me a call. Thank you. Thank you so much. That's beautiful. And for anyone who maybe had a hard time remembering all this, we put it in the show notes as well. And then people can find you that way as well. Thank you so much. It was really beautiful to talk to you. And yeah, thank you so much for all your wisdom and all your insight and everything that you shared. Thank you. Thank you so much, Yaro. It's the best. <laughs> the best too. Bye. Bye.